uh, Jeremy got it fixed, actually. Um, for some reason, the recording wasn't working for a second, but now it's working. Now it's so. recording? Okay. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Probably can't Hi. hear because of the headphones. Okay. But there you go. go work on your robot. All right, let's go finish and our robot. Daddy, would you like to eat the candy that I gave you? Hello, and welcome to Art Gab. This is Ashley Larson. And I'm Kendra Larson. Today we are excited to have artist Jeremy Okai Davis as our guest. His paintings depict people and allow geometric abstraction to add to their complexity. Color use and fidelity to his subjects make them feel alive, but without being too literal. The work feels really light at first glance, but on closer examination of text and posture, the work is full of conflict, an exploration of the contrast between the shiny, smiling exterior that is frequently presented on the surface in an inner self-conscious, status-obsessed mind state that so many of us endure beneath it all. Ideas and race and healing enter his work in unique ways. His work has been exhibited at Allen Hall at OSU, Stumptown Coffee, PDX Airport, Stephanie Chaffis Projects, and Elizabeth Leach Gallery. He has also recently completed a mural in Milwaukee, Oregon, which honors Bing Cherry creator Ah Bing, along with Dorothy and Hurtis Hadley. His work can be seen at work.jeremyokaidavis.com. Jeremy Okai Davis, welcome to Art Gab. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. welcome yeah. yeah, how's everyone doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm I'm actually in the second month of my second child's arrival um, on Earth. So it's been kind of a crazy uh, last few months just getting used to or getting back into the uh, no sleep and uh, chasing around my two-year-old while also trying to be present with my my partner with the the new baby. Aww. Oh, that's so sweet. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun, and it's also a a, a, a great distraction for everything else that's been going on. Um, he would have been a welcome addition either way, but it's, it means even more um, after going through what we went through last year, just to have this uh, fresh ball of clay that we get to hang out with. <laughs> And does the <laughs> is, everything sticks to the clay? Um, and <laughs> does your older uh, child like being a uh, the, the big the big sibling? He doesn't seem to be as aware of it right now. Um, he's more concerned with uh, keeping our attention. Uh, I think I think he's he's feeling a little bit um, left out. Um, so we're just trying to make sure we keep him involved. Um, but he's he's a really sensitive and, and sweet kid either way. It's just kind of ramped up with the new kid in the house. But um, he'll, 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 he'll get on board. He'll get used to it. And it'll be great. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So busy household, huh? Busy, busy. Yeah, it's, it's, it was good because I had my show at Elizabeth Leach. Um, when was that? I think September or so. So it was just a little bit before he showed up. So I was glad to get everything out of the way. Um, I had quite a few commissions that I was working on prior to his arrival. So um, I got all that out of the way. So that part of my busy life is um, on hold, the art side of things. So just able to mostly focus on being a dad right now. Nice. 
Nice. I saw a picture of you in your studio, and I, it looked familiar, um, but I couldn't pinpoint where why it looked familiar. Do you, do you have a studio in a warehouse? I did. My, okay. my current studio is at my house. Um, we had a, I had one of those tough sheds built, like the prefab buildings built in my backyard uh-huh. um, since June. Like midway through June, I moved into this space. Uh, but my previous studio was at, uh, like in Southeast, off of Powell. Um, I was there for about six months. And before that, I was in a studio for about eight years on Stark. I don't know which one that you saw. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. Maybe it was one of those. But it looked like a giant warehouse shared with other people, maybe. Yeah, so it, it was probably the one that I was previously in was a place called Manifestation on okay. a 20th and Bush Um Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a shared space. The main part part of the studio is like a, a metal smithing. Um, okay. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, it's nice being at home, though, isn't it? I mean. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I had plans to to have a studio built in my backyard for a long time. We we bought this house like three years ago, and it's just been in the works for a while. And um, it couldn't have come at a better time, especially with the pandemic and with the a new kid being able to be close to home to work. Um, has been great, but it's it's been kind of a mixed bag of being nice, being close, but also um, being so close to the house is also a distraction for like getting work done. Because um, like I'll walk out here and then know that on my way out here I pass like some dishes that needed to be done. Like right. I'll, instead of painting, I'll just go and do these dishes or um, go and hang out inside the house for a little bit. So it was nice having a studio offsite um, because if I went there, I had to be there. Um, yeah. Yeah, a, a commitment to at least getting a couple hours of work done. Right. It's not funny how we do that to ourselves. I mean, we love making artwork, but <laughs> it's it's so much clearer of a goal to finish those dishes. But <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's there's there's so many things that you could uh you could use as an excuse not to get work done. So um, yeah, you guys, that was kind of a question I had for the two of you. Like, what? what difference does it make? Like you think having a studio at home versus having to go somewhere? Like, I just didn't know if that, you kind of answered that question, but I just was kind of curious, like if that makes you more productive or just kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's like a mixed bag. It's uh, the, the convenience of the home studio is, is like, you can't really beat it. Like if an idea sparks, like you're sitting on the couch watching TV or something, and you're like, "Oh, I had this idea," you could just run out to the backyard and and get it on campus really quickly, as opposed to like trying to log it into your brain and then, "Oh, tomorrow morning I'll go and work on it," um, or just write into the sketchbook. You can just get it done, um, which is nice. So that's that's been the main benefit um, for me. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. And then with little ones, it's like if they take a nap, then you get like a solid time yeah for sure I, I remember i had a, a space in a warehouse when oliver was really little and it was just he tried to nap there but it was just you know there was like a capoeira studio next door so it was really loud <laughs> but um well should i jump into these questions yeah, yeah let's, do it. let's do it okay um, so would you like to describe who you are and what you do? Jeremy Okay Davis, I'm a, a painter first and foremost. 
I work in portraiture for the most part. So like figures and faces and fabrics and skin tones um, serve as kind of a vehicle for playing around with uh, acrylic paint. Acrylic paint is what I typically use. Um, some watercolor and a little bit of oil, not much oil. Uh, but yeah, I use the figure as kind of a vehicle for just exploring what I can do with paint. And content-wise, I try to use my art as a, a, almost like a, a, a tool for education and information for myself, but at the same time, uh, hoping that the work that I make is kind of sparks curiosity for the viewer, especially in this times. Like I've, I've probably in the last five years or so, I've been focused more on myself and trying to do some self-investigation with my work and as opposed to like looking outward and trying to uh, like the part in my artist statement about the status obsessed mind state. That was like a, like kind of a, a general idea of what I was working on when I first moved to Portland and for the first like eight years or so in Portland, because I moved here in 07, 2015 or so, it kind of changed to kind of analyzing my own status, status obsessed mind state and trying to figure out why I felt the way I felt about things versus trying to point fingers at, at others. Um, it made more sense to me to analyze myself and in turn, analyze myself led to a lot more self-discovery and acceptance from art viewers, I think in a way, like, if that makes sense. But yeah, so I'm a, I'm a, a painter, just, just portrait painter, figurative painter. I like to play around with uh, some three-dimensional elements have come into my work recently. Um, but for the most part, I just, I just paint. I just love painting people. What kind of three-dimensional stuff do you have? Um, so I'd say 2017 or so, I was working on some pieces that had some wood elements that I added um, that ended up being, so I did these these 24 by 24, they're just square format paintings. And I think if you look at my website, there's all the work I did in 2017 was mostly that type of thing. Um, so just a, a brief description of, of those works, like they were portraits based off of people that I knew, um, African-Americans that had, um, had injustices done to them or artists, just all walks of life, African-Americans. And then at the same time, I kind of cut the portraits like in half and there's like wood elements that come into play in the bottom of the pieces. And the wood elements ended up being kind of symbolism for like what African-Americans have been through over the course of years. Cause the wood is beat up, it's all found wood, wood that I like found at like the rebuilding center um, or just on the street. And it was beat up and disheveled and tossed aside, but it still had this, this uh, beauty about it that resonated with me when it comes to African-Americans and what we've been through. So I added these wood elements that, that kind of uh, just furthered the point of the, of the pieces. I love that. So it's like they, they embodied their own history and it's, it, yeah, I, I love that, the weathering. Yeah, the wood is weathered, but it's, it's, it's still here and it's still strong and it still serves a purpose. I just I just put up a picture. Is this is this from that series? That one is not. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I think it, it was all that same year, maybe 2016. If if you look at the website, there's a okay. there's a piece called Wood. There's a piece called. Oh, I see. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. that one. Yeah, that's that's an example of a 
That was one of the first ones I did in this series. Oh, that's lovely. So the type of painting you do, what would you call that? Like, it's not pointillism, but like the... Um... Uh, it, I mean, it's kind of pointillism. I, I like to describe it as um, painting pixels. It ended up... So when I first, like in 2005 or so, I decided that I wanted to do like a series of paintings because um, up until that point, I was just doing these one-off pieces that like just told a story in themselves. And I knew that if I wanted to have like an art show, I needed to have like 10 pieces that kind of spoke to each other. And um, the only thing I had on hand, I was living with my dad at the time. Um, so I guess it would have been before 2005. I had these old pictures of friends that I'd taken. And when I blew them up, you start to see like the pixels pop up and you see different colors, like in skin tones that uh, you wouldn't see if you were just looking at somebody. So I essentially just tried to paint those pixels and I taught myself to paint people that way. Um, so I just, I call it painting pixels is, is or pointillism is, is kind of the art history, art historical way to, to describe it. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, it almost adds um, like, mo it, in a way it feels like movement in your paintings to mm -hmm. me. It's very cool. Um, and then also I was uh, curious about the pops of color and shape in your paintings. It kind of adds like, like, let's see. And these in the few, the four pictures we have up on the questions, there's like the pink lines and then like oh, the blue yeah. lines. Yeah, what what kind of made you want to add all those? Uh, so elements? the, yeah, and a lot of the work, um, you'll, you'll end up seeing some geometric and more harsh, like hard lines come in and they serve a purpose like they're kind of multifaceted. Some of it is uh, to further the point of the piece. Like the, the ones that are up here, it's kind of a chevron pattern that I've added to a few different pieces. I look at those as almost like a shield, a guard. And, and these two pieces, the, those were like the, the colors, like I chose pink and blue. The geometric elements that come into play, a lot of times uh, they are just more uh, visual for me to kind of, the sharp, hard edges punch up the looseness of the paint. They make the, the looseness of the people um, kind of stand out a little bit more. But, and then these two pieces, um, specifically the one of Pauli Murray with the blue kind of chevron pattern, um, I was kind of playing with, these two pieces kind of hung out together in the show they were in. I was playing with gender in that because Pauli Murray was a, a poet and writer and activist for women's rights and civil rights for African-Americans, but she um, was pretty early on uh, an advocate for like non-gender specificity, which I thought was really interesting in that, but also in that, that I had never really heard of her in those conversations. Um, yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to play with that idea. The picture that I chose is one that doesn't really paint her as female or male. You, you wouldn't really know it. Um, so. Mm -hmm. The lines in that piece are, are serve that purpose, but a lot of times with the, the geometric elements that I add to pieces, it's um, just for visual interests, but also to punch up the, the looseness of the, the figures and the portraits. Very nice. I, yeah, I could see that, especially with the one on the left, the Angela. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. I was just curious, too, um, like, what about what's the size that you like to paint in or is there, do you care or? The Polly Murray one is like 24 by 30 and that's like a mid-size for me. And that's kind of my, that's kind of as, as small as I like to go. Um, the Angela 
Angela one is is pretty small. Um, and I like painting small because I can kind of sit over the piece, but I end up getting way too uh, involved in smaller pieces because I'm sitting so close to them and I can't step back as, as easily from them as the bigger pieces. And just playing with the, the looseness of the paint and the, the pixels or, or pointillistic style, it makes more sense the larger I can go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that 24 by 30, some of the more recent pieces are even bigger, like uh, 50 by 50 to 50 by 60 or so. I had to show at Elizabeth Leach Gallery and all of the pieces, all the larger pieces than that were 48 by 54. And that felt really nice to, to work that large. I'd like to go larger, actually, if, if, I, if, I, if my studio allows for it moving forward. Is this walnut ink back here, or is this? Or are you just using kind of a wash? That is walnut ink. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you have you worked with that before? Yeah, it was um a while back, but yeah. Um, actually, I did a show at Stumptown like many years ago, and there were the walnut ink drawings. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I I just ran came upon this walnut ink maybe five years ago. It's just been in my like in a cabinet for a long time, and um. I just wanted to play around with it. And I wanted to give these paintings um, some age. Mm-hmm. And I thought the walnut ink would be a good way to like start the painting just to give it some history. Yeah, the color is just gorgeous. And then the, the way it moves is is so different than the acrylic paint. It's it kind of it seems like it's doing what you're talking about, about adding that variety, uh, the painterly variety to the surface. Yeah, and it just it just provide it provided for me like I hadn't really worked with it. It provided like a new challenge that's that's always exciting um, when you're trying to do new stuff. Is start with something that um, makes you uh, reassess how you're going to approach the painting, and that's kind of what the walnut ink did for me in these these pieces. Yeah, that's so cool. I never knew there was such a thing as walnut ink. <laughs> now I know. Yeah. Cool. Um, so how how has your work or process surprised you um, during the pandemic, if if at all? Uh, the like I said, I I I got the studio built like right at the beginning of things, or I had I started building it right at the beginning of things. But the studio that I had prior to this was pretty spacious, so I was able to go and work. Like I didn't feel I did, I never had any st- like I didn't have to stop making work during the pandemic or quarantines or anything, I was able to get to the studio and I had shows to work for. So I had um, like built-in distractions when things started. My productivity didn't slow down at all during the pandemic. So art was almost like the my saving grace, I guess, with, with everything, being able to uh, get to the studio and, and focus on the shows that I had coming up. Yeah, no, no real changes, no real surprises really for me during this. Um, Art, art wise that's that's great that's great and it's not, and then and i mean of course the the change of having a, a child or another child <laughs> but yeah. um is your uh is your partner in the art world too um no not really she she does ceramics um she kind of put that aside uh this past year as things started happening she wasn't really able to go to her studio space so it was pretty small and um it was like a shared ceramic studio, so just wasn't very safe, and um, it didn't really make sense to keep paying to go there. So she kind of put that aside. I'm expecting her. I think she's going to get back into it at some point when when things kind of slow down and things open up. But yeah, no, she's a, she's a great ceramicist and uh, makes more functional 
like plates and, and cups and the mug that I'm using today. It's one of hers. Oh, cool. So we have a, a bunch of like really cool stuff that she's she's made. Um, nice. Not not in the in the gallery art world or anything, yeah. but definitely, definitely connected and, and loves art. We have a bunch of art around the house and yeah. Nice. I, I think it was um this this artist podcast called um oh gosh, what was it called? It'll come to me. But they said that like being a being a mother artist, if you know that it requires breaks, you know, and you'll come back she'll come back to it and you know, same with the pandemic, like um your love for art is true you'll come you'll come back to it yeah. i was just curious where in milwaukee is your mural it's on 40th and harvey if uh there's a park called water tower park there's a huge green water tower like in, in like a neighborhood and downtown or right outside of downtown milwaukee and it's catty corner to that there's a water reservoir across the street and it's on that that Very helps cool. yeah yeah it's how a, is that did you, was that fun to do? That's bigger scale for sure. Oh yeah. Um, it was fun. It was fun. I, you know, I did a mural in 2017 downtown and it was fun to do that as well. But by the end of it, I was like, I'll never do this again. Like just that, <laughs> the act of like being up on a lift and, and just the public element of, of working on a mural outside um, in the elements wasn't great. <laughs> and by the end of, you know, like, the actual painting I love, but just everything that goes involved is involved with it. Um, so I think I had enough of a break from doing it to rediscover that I, I actually do enjoy it. So it was fun. It was fun working on it. There were challenges with this one as well because uh, the fires were happening. So I had to take like a week break in the middle of it to work on it. And I think some, some rain ended up coming because uh, it was right in leading into October is when I started working on it or September, I was working on it in September. And because of that break, I, I got interrupted by some rain and it was just the elements make it less fun to work on. But um, the, the part that's awesome about working on murals like that is the community element of it. And like people walking past and stopping to talk and, and kind of the thumbs up and thumbs ups you get from people and um, being able to talk to people about the work as you're making it because as a gallery artist or studio artist for the most part, like I'm just by myself in the studio all the time working. And it is a, it was a nice break to, to have some people to talk to as I'm working. I always forget to take into account, like the texture, the people walking by the elements, like there's so much that goes into it. That's added. Yeah. I don't didn't think about. Yeah, and then just even the, I mean, some people are comfortable with heights, but just being on a on a lift while you're painting, like you kind of forget that you're up there, but every so often you're reminded when you step back and have to move it that you're you're not on the ground or you're not in your studio. You just get reminded of that all the time. Um, and you have to like reacquaint yourself with, with what you're doing for a while. It's harder to, to zone out, I think is the thing when you're, when you're working outside like that. I can see that. Yeah. All right, you guys want this next question? <laughs> okay, if you could choose any superpower, what would it be? Um, I, I mean, flight, I think, is the one that I've always, like, if I could fly, I think would be amazing. And I was thinking about it because I, I looked at the questions before, and especially now, like, not being able to 
take planes and go visit people. Like if I could fly right now, because like I said, I'm, my whole family's in North Carolina. My dad and brother and sister and um, niece are all there. So if I could just walk out of the house and fly to North Carolina, the ability to fly, I think would be to fly would be the one that I'd, I'd take for pre for very practical reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and you could really do murals. You wouldn't have to use like a lift or anything. Totally. You could just yeah. fly up there. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could do a mural anywhere. That's yeah. <laughs> awesome um so what superpower do you have already what superpower do i have i think and i don't know if it's 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 not like a, a obviously nobody really has superpowers but i think the thing that i have appreciated the most about myself is like the ability to like turn off and on caring but not not caring about people but just caring about like like opinions on work or um I don't know how to word it. I was I was trying like, to figure out the, the, the most like uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, so maybe like um, not sweating the small stuff kind of thing, like basically, yeah, yeah. But like being able to turn that off and on really easy because I think as a as an artist, like compassion and and sensitivity are really important, but they could also kind of detract from getting work done if you were too sensitive and too compassionate and felt too much so sometimes I can I, I feel like I can turn that off in order to exist a little bit more mm -hmm. freely um, so not necessarily a superpower but uh, I think it's a superpower I think that's that's really hard to do and I don't think that everyone can do it and even even some of my favorite artists I think have a hard time with that um, yeah they, I mean they always like the self-doubt and and worry I think can completely derail or cripple an artist or cripple anybody, you know? And I think I've been able to not let that get to me too much. And also I think this is a different one, but like multitasking, like I think I'm pretty good at multitasking and, and working on multiple projects at once. I'm not the only one that's able to do that, but that's always been like a, a benefit. Cause I have a, I have a day job as well. I work as a graphic designer. Um, so a lot of the times, when I'm working in the studio, I have my laptop up and I'm sending emails and, and I do uh, uh, a direct mail coupon book is a, is a job that I have. So I'll do an ad and they can turn that off and automatically go over to the canvas and work on, on a painting. So multitasking, I think, is uh, one of the abilities that, I've, that I'm, I'm proud that I have. Yeah. It's served me pretty well for a while. A good one. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. you were doing the mural and getting ready for the Liz Leach show and doing your day job and getting ready for a baby coming yeah. like all in like yeah. late September yeah. all the same and time. Think, and hanging out with the two-year-old, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a superpower. That's a yeah, superpower there, for sure. There was a, yeah, there was, there was definitely a lot going on um, and commissions. I had a lot of commissions that I was working on, but I knew that I was going to have this uh, when the when the baby came, I knew that I was going to have a, a break of not having to work on art for a while. So I was able to just like pile on as much as I, as I could, knowing that in November and December it was going to be pretty light, uh, art-wise at least. So uh, I, got, I got it all in uh, pretty early. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Actually, that's a good segue for the next question. What is next for you and what are you excited about? Um, well... In a grand scale, I mean, I'm excited about my new baby and seeing how he develops. <laughs> and 
how his relationship with the two-year-old and, and me and my partner. What's his name, by the way? Rye is uh, the new baby, and my two-year-old's name is Rooney. Rye, Rooney, and and you said Rose? No, Rye and Rooney are the oh. two names. And then okay. My girlfriend's name is Brittany. Oh, um, Brittany. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, here. <laughs> so, yeah, just excited about hanging out with them for for the next long while. <laughs> um, but art-wise, art I don't have a ton scheduled for next year. There's a group show in May that I'm doing down in Corvallis. Um, so working on some stuff for that now, kind of during this this time that I have at home. Yeah, I guess I'm excited about that work. I'm trying to use some of the stuff that I worked on in the, in the Elizabeth Leach show and reincorporating some of the wood elements um, back into some of the pieces. Basically trying to trying to put together the last two bodies of work that I made, trying to incorporate some of this, the ideas from those into to one body of work and uh, seeing what happens. The show is it's uh, it's called Black Matter, and the idea behind it is black artists, but black artists that black art that's not necessarily re responding to the moment. That's just artists making art because there has been a little bit of I don't want to say pressure, maybe a little bit of pressure for, for Black artists and artists in general to respond and speak to what's going on. Um, so when I got asked to do the show, it was a, a, a welcome ask just to, to make some art for art's sake. Art's sake for, the, for the most part, there's definitely going to be some, some uh, content in it just because I am a Black artist. But being able to kind of breathe a little bit and make art and just have fun making art again um, with the show is pretty exciting. I, I think I talked about that show with um or I heard about that show from Tammy Joe. Yeah, yeah. Is she she's the one curating it. Yeah, she's the one. That oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. She reached out to me to be in that. So. Where is that show again? There's uh I think it's an old church in Corvallis. Okay. That that she got. Uh, oh, I know where that's at. It's like a gallery. Yeah, it's. Yeah, cool. yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I, it's in my email. I'm not sure of the name. Oh, the art center. Is it our time? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that place is great, and that sounds like a really cool show. Um, she, yeah, she was she basically yeah described it the same way you did. It's just, um, strong local artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. Basically, yeah. Um, so so yeah, I'm just I'm excited about that work. Um, I already got a couple of things started. Um, I feel uh feeling really good about. Um, and then next year, yeah, I don't. There's there's nothing lined up aside from that show. So I guess I'm excited to have a little bit of breathing room to to make art and and without the pressures of of exhibiting it and just kind of playing around in the studio a little bit. Nice. Um, did we cover everything you wanted to talk about? I noticed on some of the other uh, shows you guys talk about some pop culture and stuff. Oh, didn't we kind of jump past that? So uh, okay. So what? So what's on your mind? Oh, I don't know. I watch a lot of TV. Um, yeah. In the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the last one we recorded, we talked about TV for like half an hour, and Chris was like, "You guys talked about, you talked about TV way too much." So I was like, "I'm not gonna bring it up." But so okay, so I, what have you been watching? When we had Rooney, our first kid, I watched I binge Succession. I don't know if you guys have seen this show on HBO. Um, yeah. It's great. It's just about these. Uh, it's like a, like a, I don't know what to describe it. I don't even know how to describe it. I've never seen a show like it. It's a rich family, like a media mogul and his family 
and um, all of the kids are thirsty and the parent of, parents are thirsty for power. So it's just this like power grab and struggle back and forth. And it's just really well acted. Um, Kieran Culkin is in it. Macaulay's little brother is in it. He's probably, oh, yeah. Brian Cox, Brian Cox and Kieran Culkin are probably the two that I recognize from the show. But it's just really well done. Um, so when Rooney was born, I, I binged that. And I told Brittany, um, when we had the new kids, she needs to binge the first season so we could get onto the second season, which I think came on last year. So we just watched the first episode of season two this morning. So I'm excited about getting into that. Um, yeah. So is it kind of like, is it mostly just about like their struggles as a family or is it more about like, is it like, is it a drama or comedy? It's or? a drama. I don't even know how to describe that. It's it's a drama, but it's it's funny, but it's also really like it's they're just a very cutthroat family. So you okay. you kind of hate everybody on it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just I think it's just so well acted and well written. Everybody uh-huh. says the right thing all the time, like the snarky thing and the funny thing, and um, it's just a really good show. So that's that's what we're getting back into now. Um, what are you guys watching? Are you guys watching anything? I need some tips. <laughs> okay so my three go-to are so we got a nintendo switch so like that's what i've been doing with my time but uh we've been watching well bob's burgers uh simpsons those are the go-to but um i'm really into the new supermarket suite Uh, (laughs) i I saw that they brought that back leslie jones is uh hosting it and it's just so funny. But I'm like, I, I want to be on that show. Is it the same thing as it was back in the day? It's like the same idea? Uh, pretty much, yeah. It's pretty It's pretty similar. But yeah. Leslie Jones just brings like such a good element to it. But um, <laughs> You got yeah. to get all the turkeys yeah. in the cart. As many turkeys as possible. <laughs> it's oh so easy. God. It's like, why did you, why did you not grab that giant inflatable banana? Jeez. <laughs> so but, um, I going off of HBO though, like I feel like I need to get HBO because there's so many good shows I hear about. Oh man, I I just finished. Uh, well, I'm almost finished with Lovecraft Country. Oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, I love that I'm show. Like episode seven. I think there's a couple more that I need to watch. Maybe. That was. Oh man, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty great so far. And speaking of uh, Bob's Burgers and The Simpsons, this one is it's on a it's a Netflix show and it's way more profane. Um, but Big Mouth, have you seen that one? On yeah. Oh my god. It's so funny to watch because I'm like so embarrassed for them, and then I'm like, wait, it's a cartoon. But it's yeah. just like we've all gone through this things they're going through, but it's just funny to see it. Like it's so outrageous, but it's yeah. through cartoon cartoon so somehow it's like oh, okay i don't know yeah, yeah. i haven't i haven't seen that one is it kind of like um it's always sunny is that kind of painful where you're like oh it's don't like do that it's, it's about it's about puberty uh, yeah about kids and puberty and there's these um they all have hormone monsters that are like literal <laughs> monsters that are their subconscious yeah and the cast is really great it's it's what was the show that uh had the Nick Kroll is one of the characters, and he was on the show that was about fantasy football. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I don't remember either. But it's a lot of the same people from that show. 
Um, it has um I, Maya, Maya Rudolph is is yes. one of the hormone monsters. Um, <laughs> He's so good. Jordan Peele plays the ghost of Duke Ellington. If that tells anything about what the show is about, there's a ghost that lives in one of the kids' attics that he goes and gets, goes to for advice. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so it's a crazy, crazy it's a really crazy ride. And there's four seasons. There's a ton of episodes, so you can really get into it. What is that one called again? Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Okay. Yeah, I love that. We've been watching. Um, speaking of animated, we've been watching Dis- Disenchantment. Have you seen that one? Uh-huh. It's made. It's made by Matt Groening. Um, so it's kind of looks similar to The Simpsons. Like the animation is similar, um, but it's set in like the Middle Ages, and it's this follows this like this drunken princess that <laughs> it's it's it sounds when I say it out loud, it's, it sounds insane, but it's it's funny. Check it out. I'm always looking for new stuff to watch because I, I watch a lot of TV in the studio. Um, like as I'm working, I have my laptop to my left, so I'll like kind of have mindless TV on that I can just look over and, and see what's going on or just listen to. So I'm always looking for new stuff to watch in the studio. That's cool. Do, do you think that it, it impacts your art at all? Um, no. There, you know, like I, I watch TV, I listen to podcasts, and I listen to music, mm-hmm. and they all serve like a different purpose depending on what I'm working on. If I'm doing something. Like if I'm working on details in a piece, having TV on really helps. Like having like a show that's mindless, like that I can kind of zone out. Um, if I'm doing like like a big wash, like a background, having music on helps because I can kind of like paint to the music and kind of zone out in that way. And podcasts, when I'm doing more like uh, like cleaning up or or stretching canvases or or doing more like uh, the stuff that you don't really want to do having a podcast on is like having somebody in there with you yeah um, yeah so they all serve different purposes oh i like that yeah it's yeah. true though like i totally will clean to like a podcast and yeah. there's certain sounds that you could do certain things to and mm-hmm. uh do you have like a few favorite podcasts um art gab oh Podcast. Let's see. I listened to Hidden Brain. I don't know if you guys. Oh yeah. It used to be on NPR, but I think they just went like independent now. Um, and I love Hidden Brain. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff you should know. I listen to a lot. Um, Ashley just. Did you get their book yet? I didn't. It's no. pretty good. It's at Target. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I have to check that out. Yeah, I like that one. Um. Yeah, those are the those are the two go tos. I used to listen to a lot of like the true crime podcasts, but I think I felt myself getting desensitized, um, mm-hmm. like I could actually feel it, so I stopped with those. Um, they got a, a little too popular, I think, kind of feeding yeah. off of off of murder and and destruction. That that um, was affecting me a little bit. I think. I kind of feel the same way. I noticed that about myself recently it's like what we were talking about last night ashley about the sopranos when i used when i used to watch the sopranos i started cussing all the time like i had the worst mouth ever and i'm noticing with those the the true crime everything's just a little bit darker yeah you start committing murder kenna i just started committing so much murder just a just a little just (laughs) just a little one no (laughs) um yeah yeah, but I've been falling asleep to Dateline, and I'm like, okay, I can't be listening to that while I fall asleep, because it's mm-hmm. like, these murder stories are in my dreams, I'm like, that can't be good. Yeah. 
the hidden brain one's nice though, because when you when you're done listening to that, you feel I don't know about you, but I always feel like I feel like nourished, like my like totally yeah, I feel I feel smarter. Mm-hmm. It's like because when you hear uh, them two like really intelligent people talking, like you're like a fly on the wall in this like super incredible conversation. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Have Have you ever heard philosophy talk? Actually, I haven't. No. Kind of reminds me of that. I don't know if it's still on, but um, it was like on NPR at like 10 p.m. on Thursdays. <laughs> I think I think it's when it used to be on. But but yeah, it's it's kind of like that where it's two philosophers taking separate sides of an issue, and then they bring in guests, and it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. It's called. So it's like, do they? So hidden brain is it kind of like stuff you should know, and they like pick a subject and like, or what is it like? Um, basically, um, not huh. it's not as um, off the wall as stuff you should know. Hidden brain, like, like it's it's. I'm not sure how to describe it. Like they've they've done dealt a lot with uh, recently. I'm trying to think of the most recent episode I listened to because I go back a lot of the times. I'm not gonna remember the the most recent, but. It's all like, like uh, subconscious things that we do without thinking, just things that we don't pay attention to in our daily life. They kind of bring that to the forefront and like really delve in and, and talk about it. And, um, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. yeah. One of them, I think, I just looked it up about laughter, just like like what, you know, what it could be good for. Kind oh, of yeah. thing. One, one that I just listened to was about... Um, the compromise and how these days people are less likely to compromise with each other, especially like with politics and things like that. And um, that was a really interesting, the conversations that people used to have at dinner tables about politics and about things are less likely to have because it affects people that much more. Um, So they did a whole hour episode about that. That was really interesting. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, I, I would call it mindless, but it's not mindless at all. It's, it's obviously like uh, there's a lot to it, but you can really like just keep it on in the background and, and feel yourself like your brain getting bigger as you're listening to it, <laughs> even though you're not like sitting down paying attention to it. Well, and it's nice too because like I, I've noticed that if I'm if I'm painting up something that's the subject matter is totally separate, I could still listen to you know philosophy talk or hidden brain and still it'll still go hand in hand with whatever I'm working on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like we're all watching a lot of TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it goes uh, along with that multitasking. Multi yeah. <laughs> and doing. Yeah. But yeah. I, I can't wait to go see your mural. I want to go down to Milwaukee. That sounds really cool. Where do you, where do you guys live? Uh I live near Mount Tabor on just on the east side um Montebello, but just Kind of, you can kind of see it if you look through this window. You can kind of see it over there. <laughs> we live in Portland, but we're like right across Johnson Creek, so Milwaukee is just like a five-minute drive from here. Um, oh, nice! So that's pretty close. That area is really pretty down there. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I I wish I don't know if you guys have been downtown Milwaukee. I feel like downtown Milwaukee could be like a really cool spot, um, but there's just not a lot stuff open. Um, there's mm-hmm. a whole strip. Of, of stores, of like storefronts that aren't occupied, that I'm like, uh, awesome restaurant needs to go there, gallery needs to go there, like all this stuff. Like, I feel like it, it could really be something. Um, it just takes like 
the right people to to move into those spaces. But yeah, I, I like I like it over here. I like this area a lot. It feels a little slower. It feels like Portland still, but it's a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Before everything shut down, my boyfriend and I went to um, Wonderland, right in Milwaukee downtown, kind of like a it's a big arcade and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the there's a nickel arcade in there. It's in Lujo, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I was like, darn, I miss those times. It was totally. like super fun. But yeah, my boyfriend's just in um uh Selwood. So Okay, it's not far. But I'm I'm from Salem, so about forty five minutes away. So Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, yeah, we don't yeah. have to fill up we don't have to fill it up with, with uh pop culture stuff. <laughs> I'm just thinking I was just thinking about other pop culture like that we yeah. Oh, this is good. We could plug this in like in the beginning or something. Yeah. I guess it's just TV lately. I haven't been out to many art shows. I saw your show, Elizabeth Leach, but other than that, I haven't been out. I haven't really, I haven't seen movies. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's been the, you, you speaking of the, the pandemic question, like it's not a work thing or it's not anything about my art, but one of the biggest things that, that has like affected me is not being able to go to art shows or, um, like with people or art openings and just have those those moments with people like it sucked not being able to have uh art opening for the liz leach show because um, i knew about that show last year and i like when you're making a body of work like that's the ultimate payoff for me is like having it on the wall and having all your friends out and we weren't able to do that so that was that would be like something that's um affected me like not being able to do that and then also uh Process-wise, like, I would go to the Fresh Pot a lot of times on Hawthorne. Like, that's mm-hmm. one of my, like, places that I go and sit with the coffee and magazines and, and kind of decompress and, like, gather information, see what other artists are doing. And I haven't been able to do that for a year, which is feels crazy. Because when, when I moved to Portland, I live right on 39th and Hawthorne. So mm-hmm. I found out about Powell's and Fresh Pot, like, really fast. And, like, at least twice a week, I would just go for a couple hours and, and look at magazines. So I really miss that. Um, with everything going on just sitting yeah. sitting in a cafe yeah totally and first thursday remember all those people out totally yeah 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 i remember going through the the street market like this was like a, a year and a half ago um i remember taking uh free college students through that area and it was just like it was just packed just yeah. like like elbow to elbow, like it, yeah, it was, um, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's almost become like second nature now. Like I don't think about it as much, but when I do think about it, it's like, dang, I miss that. Yeah. I never thought that I would miss that, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like when you watch a TV show and you're like, what are they doing? They're not wearing their masks. How are yeah. they so close? Like yeah. uh, so little weird. tiny things. It's like, oh, it's hard to yeah. miss it. Just concerts. I love, I love yeah. going to see concerts, live music. Um, yeah. So once we're able to do that again, it's going to be super weird just to be in that close to people um, in a concert. But I miss that. Um, and all that stuff, like, I'm still able to make work and, and get stuff done. But that um, not having that release or outlet um, has definitely affected my, like, day-to-day and psyche. But I think it's also... Um, kind of a testament to to people that we most people a lot of people have been able to like make do um, mm-hmm. with everything and still 
survive and make work and raise their families and do what they have to do. Yeah. What's the first concert you got y'all are going to go to? <laughs> when oh man. I don't know. What whatever whichever concert is the first one I can go to, I think. <laughs> Just for the sake of being, you know, there's a a rapper from um I can't remember where she's from, but her name is Sampa the Great. And that's the one concert that I had tickets for like well in advance that got pushed back because of the pandemic and it just kept getting pushed back. And I think they finally just pushed it until like next October. So that's the one concert that um, if it doesn't get pushed back again, that I know that I have a ticket for. <laughs> um, but yeah, once, I don't know, once these venues open back up, I'll definitely be looking to see what's happening. Cause I definitely miss live music. I did when I was in North Carolina, uh, a few months back, I went to one of the drive-in shows. Um, the Avid Brothers played a show at the Speedway in Concord. Um, so I was able to go and see them play, which was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the one concert that I've seen during this whole thing. Wow, that's that's cool, though. I mean, in the car. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I mean, it was it was cool. They had a big screen behind them, and um, you could tune, tune into... Uh, uh, I think an FM station and hear it in your car. And there was a guy pushing like a little beer cart around so you could have a beer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it was cool. I wish there was more of that happening. Uh, but the logistics of it are pretty, pretty difficult to make happen. Happen. Find a big enough place where people can spread out. Um, there's not a, there's not a speedway. And I, I, I guess there is a. There's a speedway. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why isn't that happening here? You're like, come on, Portland, yeah. get it together. <laughs> it's like I wouldn't mind the drive-ins coming back. That'd be cool. Drive-in what? theaters. Yeah, there's the one down in Newburgh. I think mm -hmm. that um, mm -hmm. I haven't checked to see if they were open, but there's definitely one down off of 99 in Newburgh. Mm. Yeah. Ashley, what concert would you go to? Oh, I think just anything. Like <laughs> I think I would still be hesitant to be indoors, so maybe like an outdoor thing would be cool. Yeah. Nice, nice weather, you know. Like one of the Edgefield concerts. Yeah. 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 Oh, to look forward to that day. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because oh. I've, I've, like, I, I discovered new music on Spotify all the time or just, like, look for new music. And I missed, like, finding a new band and then looking to see if they were playing. And just by happenstance, oh, they're playing at Mississippi Studios next week and be, being able to go check them out live, like, really quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Small venue, live music, I miss a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, me too. I can't wait to bring Oliver to a concert with me. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Four year old? That'd be cool. Four. Yeah, I was wondering how he's the. He popped on screen for a little bit. He's four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does he like music now? Does he like uh, just listening? Yeah. To oh, man. He he loved. Um, he, lo he gets obsessed with something and then just like wants like that just that so he's been listening he's been watching a lot of my little pony and santa claus is coming to town of a jackson five like over and over and over and over and over yeah. and it's like it's so cute because he like oh man he just yeah <laughs> learns every word dances yeah. Yeah, yeah um but yeah he would be he'd be a blast to bring to edgefield it's funny because before the pandemic like we were kind of homebodies because we had a little one yeah, and so it's like in a weird way, it's almost like we've been in this just extended little kid zone, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, 
thank you for talking about your work. It's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what you do next. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, fun. thank you.